This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Holland Assets Podcast. This is episode number 69. Big changes. A lot of big changes that we're going to be talking about today. I am Craig, your host. And over there... Chris, this is going to be an exciting one. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to talk a little bit about what we got going on. An auspicious episode, Chris, <laughs> uh, talking about big changes. So before we get to those changes, I will remind you, please go to hollandassetsllc.com to check out full show notes and links and documentation and all of the fun things that we provide over there. Uh, this is the sort of thing, it, some of the changes we're going to be talking about today, will uh, there will be some links for that. Uh, so we'll put them in the show notes and you can get them at hollandassetsllc.com. You can also comment there. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, things you want us to address in future episodes, please go ahead and do that there. You can also do that on Facebook. Find us on Facebook. Chris shares pictures every once in a while um, of, uh, you know, sexy photos of trucks <laughs> or what have you. Uh, I don't know, all sorts of stuff over there. Yeah, I, I try to keep my face out of it as much as possible. <laughs> if, we, if we want the photos to, to take off on social media, yeah, yeah, we, we can't be in them. Uh, no, we want my face on the truck, not the internet. No, it's not going to happen, Craig. <laughs> All right. So, Chris, let's talk about some big changes. The first one. Actually. Oh. Well, yeah, ac- you know, you're right. You're, you're going in the right direction. You're, you, you I'm know trying what? to cut you off. You were, and you forgot how awesome I am at yeah. this. Shame on me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the first big change is a, a regulatory one that you wanted to address for yes. a few moments, right? So yep. what is going on? So the FMCSA, whenever they decide to do a, a, a change, they propose a change, they put it on in kind of a public comment board, allow the, the public to comment on it. And then sometime in the future, they 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 implement the, implement the rule. So they're making some changes to yard moves. And this is kind of something that's come about because of ELDs. Um, the yard move rule has been around forever pre-ELD, but it wasn't really needed or used much when guys could kind of fudge things a little bit on their logs. 15 seconds, Chris. What is a yard move? A yard move is when you get to like a shipper or receiver, you're in the yard at where the, the trucking company is based and you need to move the truck from one point in the yard to another point in the yard. You can be on duty, not driving, and what's in yard mood mode so it doesn't count against your drive time for the day. Got it. So it's just counted as regular on-duty time. So the biggest change with this with this yard move thing is just really better defining exactly what a yard move is and expanding what a yard is. So, for instance, you know, an, an intermodal yard or a port facility would be a yard move. Um, the motor carrier's place of business, a shipper's privately owned parking lot, and then even in some situations, public roads that have been with with restricted access or traffic control measures that uh, kind of prevent normal operation, those can be considered um, yard moves. And then they've got a couple things that they're proposing to define as not a, a yard move. So again, th- this doesn't make sense to me because it's the exact opposite of the public one. It's public roads without traffic control measures and the other one's rest areas. But one thing that, that they haven't defined as a yard or excluded that is interesting to me are truck stops. In my opinion, a truck stop should be considered a yard move. So I, this is one of the areas where I think this would be super beneficial is if you're at a truck stop, especially now with the, the split 30 minute break where you can do part of it on, on duty while you're fueling and then switch to off duty. So, you know, it takes 15 minutes to fuel. 
you can do that on duty, switch over to off duty, another, your last 15 minutes. And that counts for your 30 minute rest break. You know, if if it makes it so that now you can do 30 minutes on duty fuel, um, put your truck in yard, yard move mode so that you can drive to a parking spot, park the truck. I think it'll help clear up, uh, fuel islands quite a bit. Mm. Um, they get congested sometimes. So I think in, in most situations, I mean, this is a super positive move. And, um, it, it, I think it'd be good for a lot of listeners to go in and and make some comments, um, on the FMCSA comment period, it, it ends the 3rd of February. So there's only about another week to go before you have to make the comment. But if you go into the show notes, I'll have the link. I'll even put in there, um, what I did in my comment when I commented on it. Um, but I, I think it's a good, I think it's a good change. It's beneficial for especially owner operators. Okay. So not perfect, but, uh, you're looking forward to the, the possibility. Absolutely. Yeah, great. So anything else that we want to mention with that, or just, uh, another encouragement to go make your voices heard, go make your voice heard, you know, be active in the community and, uh, let the FMCSA know this is your chance. Cool. All right. Well, Chris, what are some other big changes. I mean, I've, I've had a preview of it, so I'm excited to talk about it. <laughs> well, um, Holland assets has been kind of stagnant for the last year or so, you know, it, it's been doing okay, but it, it, you know, hasn't been getting worse. Hasn't been getting better. Um, and, and I, I don't really like being stagnant. So it, it, this is one of those, if you're not growing, you're shrinking kind yeah. of mindsets. Yep. Okay. Yep. So yeah, I mean, it's been interesting to talk about, uh, the financials month in and month out and see, um, to see the the hills and valleys and whatnot, but as far as the average rate of uh, of revenue or of profit, that has been pretty flat for it the last has. year. And if you and if you only have one truck, that's not going to change a whole lot. And I, you know, this is no dig against owner operators by any means, but in my in my personal situation, the way that I've run my business, where I've got other things on the side. I don't, I personally do not want to just have a one truck trucking company. I'm not, a, I'm really not an owner operator. I'm not out there driving my own truck. Right. So, uh, you know, I'm treating this as a business. And so for it to, you know, we're almost two years in, you know, in, in another few months will be exactly two years in and it's just, it's stay the same one truck and your, you know, your revenue stream can get better, but it's not going to ha- you know, get better by leaps and bounds. Right. Well, you did recently buy the second truck. I did. Um, and we, we talked about that an episode or two ago. And so there's been a little bit of movement lately, but you're talking about even bigger changes. Than bigger that. changes. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I want to get, you know, turn it into a small fleet, you know, at, at some point and allow the, the podcast audience kind of follow along the journey with it. And it's just, you know, obviously over the last two years, that just hasn't really been happening. Well, and that was the goal from the beginning. We talked about this in the first uh, episode or two, that the idea was that somebody could follow this journey and take it themselves and, you know, kind of follow in the footsteps that you're putting out there um, as a possible example. And if someone wanted to be a, a one truck owner operator and that was where they wanted to get. You're saying there's no problem there's, there's with nothing that. Nothing wrong with that. That's, that's not you, that's not where you want to end up right. with this company. But there's no problem with that. And if that is the goal, we've kind of covered a lot of that ground. There's yep. more stuff that we'll talk about as we go forward. But the episodes that we've provided cover that ground. Now, if somebody wants to grow and uh, become a small fleet and then a medium fleet and you know maybe a large fleet, that that is the road that you're going to continue trying to go down to provide those examples and, and ideas for people. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you may ask yourself, so what's, what's kind of been the problem over the last you know year since I've essentially been out of the truck, why hasn't it grown? 
Well, I'll be a hundred percent honest with you. I'm the problem. <laughs> it's, I didn't it's say me. I didn't say always a good example. I, you've you. been pointing at me, Craig. You know, uh, you're you're blaming this all on me. <laughs> and 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 in all reality, the truth is, I am the problem. Okay, so how so? Well, I just you know I've got a lot of other irons in the fire. You know, other businesses that we've talked about, and it, and it really just boils down to a time issue. You know, I've 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 got. My, I'm spread too thin and can't really devote the time and energy into growing the business as as you need to to really be able to grow it. Yeah, yeah. And so what are you going to do about that? What's the solution here? So there's, there's really two ways, common ways that you can kind of solve that problem. One b- would be to hire a manager um, that could run the business for you with a little bit of guidance from yourself, or you can bring on a partner. And the tone of voice that you're using suggests <laughs> that you opted for the latter. I did. Yep. Decided to bring on a partner. And let me talk a little bit about that. Mo- most of my businesses operate with as a partnership, you know, whether it's, you know, in, in Motor Carrier HQ, I've got my brother. In um, I Thrive Funding, I've got two gentlemen. They, they've both been on the podcast in the past who I worked with when I worked at, at Tab Bank that was part of Flying J back in the in the day. Um and uh, my accounting business has a partner. There's, there's lots of there's lots of partners, and and I I really believe in the partner model. If you've got the right partner, and it's worked well for me, and I think in this situation it's gonna it's gonna work really well again. And I and I think that is because you know a partner that also takes ownership in the business, they have an ownership mentality, and they run the business a little bit different. You know, they kind of feel more that the buck stops here with me mm-hmm. mentality and be, you know, become more problem solvers and, and, and get things done because they're as invested in the business as you are. And, and I oftentimes think, you know, say I decided to grow this business and the partner decided to do his own thing, growing another trucking company. I think together, the two of us together can grow a bigger business than the two of us apart could grow. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, you know, like, like say I could get to, to five trucks by myself, he could get to five trucks by himself. I think together we can get to 15, 20, 30, a hundred, you know, it's, I, I, I think that synergy and, and those complementing skill sets, um, really create a, a force that will, will build something bigger and better than if you were operating independently. So before we go on talking about this partnership and, and how things are going to work moving forward. Back up just a little bit. You mentioned you could have also hired a manager to manage the business. Um, what would be the pros and cons of going that way? If if somebody listening is going, eh, I don't know if I have a partnership in the, in my future. And that that's a really good question. That's a very personal, um, you know, it, for what's right for me is not necessarily going to be right for somebody else. So uh, hiring a manager might be the right thing to do. And there are definitely big pros and cons. So I, I talked a little bit about the pros of hiring a partner. Well, let's talk about one of the biggest cons. You know, the, the biggest con is you're giving up a percentage of ownership in the business. So you're giving up a percentage of the profits. And and oftentimes that percentage of the profits that you give up is going to be bigger, you know, especially as you get to be a, a decent sized company is going to be bigger than what it would cost you to hire a manager to run the business. So what, uh, Gosh. Well, okay. No, I want to stick with my original question. I'm like, why did you hire a manager then? But, or, uh, uh, or why did you find a partner then? Uh, why didn't you just hire a manager? You know, and, and I think a lot of it that has to do with me and my mentality and what I feel like I'm good at and what I feel like I enjoy in a business. And um, for me, 
it's, I, I want to be able to have a peace of mind that I can go off and I, I kind of have like ADD with business, right? I, I can't focus for too I long. I can't focus for too long. <laughs> I, I really enjoy the startup phase of a business. I enjoy the growing phase. And, and I feel like that's really what I'm good at finding a need in a market and creating a system to fill that need. And, um, that gives me the opportunity to focus on that kind of stuff. If I've got a partner that I can just essentially for the most part, you know, focus on my little bit and let them manage the business. Whereas when you typically, when you hire managers that manage it, they're, they're going to need a little bit more guidance and direction. Mm -hmm. You've got to work with them, help them more. And it, it just takes up more of, it would take up more of my time, my focus. And then plus managers aren't guaranteed to stick around They're You know, they may find a better opportunity somewhere else and leave. And then you've got to go and find another one. And oftentimes that's a, you know, can be a big step backwards, especially yeah. if that manager is really the one that's running and owning the business. And that's a lot less likely to happen with a, with a partner. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So somebody could go with a manager if they wanted to keep a little bit more of the profits uh, and they felt like they had the time and energy to devote to bringing that manager up and, yeah. and helping them out. And if that business is going to be your sole focus, then oftentimes you can working with a manager is probably going to be the right way to go. Yeah. But in my situation where I've got multiple businesses, um, it, it just would, it would be too cumbersome for me to, to try to do it with a bunch of different managers. So who did you end up going with? So um, his name is Nate and it, it it's, it's kind of interesting. Before we get into too much about Nate, you often hear in the, in the business world, when you, when you hear people talking about partners, who are, who are the two people you never go into business with? Uh, uh, family. Family's one. <laughs> I have no idea. What friends is the other. Oh, okay. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to go into business with family and friends. Well, I, I guess I kind of buck the, that tradition, that conventional wisdom because my most sex, successful partnerships have been with friends and with family. Mm. Now, none of my partnerships with friends and family have I gone into the partnership because they're friends and family. There's much more that that one individual brings to the table than just the fact that they are a, a family member or a friend. So there's a lot of family members and friends that I have that I would absolutely not go into business with. <laughs> okay. So you've got to be careful, and especially when you're going in with friends and family. But one of the things that's nice about friends and family is you really, really know that person well mm -hmm. before you go into business. You've seen what they've done. You've seen, you, you've seen them in lots of different scenarios. And so you have a better idea. Whereas, you know, I've had a few situations where I've started partnerships or tried to start partnerships with people that I don't know to that level. And most of the times they don't work out well. Pretty much every family member and friend partnership that I've gone into has worked well. The other ones, it's like a 50-50, whether it ends up hmm. working well or not. So in this situation with Nate, Nate's somebody that I've known for a long time. He grew up in the same neighborhood as me. Um, he's actually about 10 years younger than me. So I, I've known him really well, but we didn't necessarily you grow up together or best friends or anything like that. Um, I knew his family well. He had some siblings that were closer to my age. Um, but I knew him really well. But when I really got to know Nate is he actually was, has been in the national guard with me as oh, well. Okay. He's, he also went the engineer route that I did. And that's really where I got to see how Nate works and operates. And I've been super impressed with him. Um, he's just a super high quality guy, 
um, does a really good job, works really hard, and I, I'm confident um, more so than most partnerships that I that I step into that this is going to be a partnership that's going to work out really really well. Um, he's smart. He he works hard. He works smart. We've got a similar mindset and visions. And another thing that's really important in this partnership is he's bringing some money to the table. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Uh, yeah. Right. So um, I, I'm not going to say how much he brought to to come into this partnership. But it ends up being a 50-50 partnership. And we kind of, I'll tell you a little bit about how we decided how much money Nate would need to bring in. We looked at how much money we had to put down on the first truck and trailer. And we looked at how much money we had to put down on the second truck and trailer. And he had to match those two amounts. Plus, we kind of did evaluation of what the business is worth based off of net income over the Mm -hmm. last couple of years and um, determined a value. And he had to put um, some money in that situation into the business as well. Okay. And so all of that um, is, you know, is kind of what he brings to the table and is really, you know, between his skill set and his ability to dedicate time to the business um, along with the money is going to be one of the things that's going to help us, you know, continue to grow. And you're, you're going to see some, you're going to see some things happening over the next six months. Oh, what a tease. Yeah, yeah, Chris. What a tease. Professional tease. Uh, and, and to put this into perspective too, though, Nate's actually, he's finishing some things up on the personal side of things. So he, he's actually, he's bought into the business. He's a, he's a full owner now, but he's not going to start working full time for the business until March. Okay. And so that's probably when we'll start seeing yeah, some so of those. March, April, and through the summer is probably when we're really going to start and to see some of those changes. Are you, are you going to leave it there? You're you're not going to tell us till March what uh, those changes are. Well, I mean, it, it it the biggest changes are you know we're kind of probably going to start doing some of the things that we're we've been talking a little bit about um, you know going after a little bit more um, direct direct shipper um, relationships mm-hmm. um, so that we can get a little bit higher paying loads and then just adding trucks to our fleet. Um, you know, the bigger a fleet gets, the easier it is to get direct relationships because, you know, that you can get them as a, as a single owner operator, but there's a lot of places out there that won't even start looking at you until you've got say five trucks. And then there's other places that won't even look at you until you've got at least 10 trucks mm-hmm. because they've just got a volume that they don't want to be dealing with 10 owner operators. Right. They want to be dealing with one company with 10 trucks. Makes so, sense. Um, all so it just opens opens up some doors. It does that you've been talking about for a while. Okay, yep. that's cool. And you know, another thing that I kind of you know, another one of the reasons that I've um, decided to bring a partner in is is really kind of the future growth and what we think this business can be. Um, I, I know it's going to be better with Nate on board than it would with just me trying to run things because I, I just don't have the time to get dedicate necessary for that. And I've you know, I've said this a lot of times and this kind of goes back to my comment that I made, um, a little bit earlier, uh, about the benefits of partnerships, but I would rather own 10% of a $10 million business than a hundred percent of a $1 million business. I just, I feel like the synergy between, you know, good partnerships and people working together are going to build something better than if you were just doing things on your own. Okay. All right. Well, very cool. I'm looking forward to, uh, hopefully I get to meet Nate someday when, uh, you know, when people talk to each other face to face again. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, looking forward to- Is that going to happen again? Oh, who knows? 
Um, oh gosh, who knows? Uh, uh, my wife and I have already booked travel over the summer in anticipation of things getting back to normal. Good, and we'll uh, we'll change it if we have to. But anyway, they will. They'll get better. They're they're already starting to. Uh, we're already starting to see some. Yeah, I hope good so. signs. All right, so Chris, uh, anything else on that subject that you want to talk about, or shall we leave that behind for now? I think that's that's good on the partnerships. Okay. Uh, one request that I will make, I, I think, uh, and I'll say this uh, on on the air instead of uh, behind the scenes, is I think we should commit ourselves to also, you know, doing some episodes on uh, on managers and that relationship as well, because I think that would be a really interesting I, I, I uh, thing for people to hear about. I totally agree. I think it will. And you know, if, if we, you know, three years or five years or however long down the road. As we start to grow this business, we'll probably hire managers. Mm, yeah, um, and that will take on some of that role. So that that's an, one of those things that we'll, you know, certainly talk about. It'll come up down the road. Excellent. Yep. So I, I hope everybody stays subscribed for that. Uh, all right. So let's get to our impact tip for the day, Chris. Uh, what is the concise version? Give me the one sentence version. Be careful with merchant cash advances. Merchant cash advances. Okay. What is a merchant cash advance? They look like a loan, but they're not alone. They smell like a loan. They look like, they smell like <laughs> a loan, but they're not alone. Okay. What so is in this it situation, then? because it, it walks like a duck, it looks like a duck, it's not a duck. <laughs> okay. So what is it then? Um, it, it's, it's basically an advance of money based off of future revenues. And so because it's not technically a loan, it, it doesn't have, the merchant cash advance companies don't have to... Um, follow the same rules and same regulation as lenders do. So there's not as much scrutiny, which really leaves the consumer and businesses that get them in a precarious situation because they just don't have the same protections. And a lot of people go into these things, not really knowing what they're getting themselves into and they cause lots of problems. So I'm, I'm not saying that there isn't a time and a place for merchant cash advances, because they're an alternative lending method. And if you can't get a loan from a traditional bank and you've got very, you know, a, 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 and you need some money and you've got a very good plan of what you're going to use that money for, there can be a, a, a use for them. But I would caution people that oftentimes people that get them take out, take them out too large for them to pay back well. And oftentimes you just take them out when they really shouldn't. Okay, so this sounds a lot like on the personal side of things. It sounds like a, like a, a payroll check advance place or wh- whatever they're called. It it, it there's it, a, there's the a lot of similarities. The way you're yep. talking about it is uh, is look there there may be a time to do it, but you got to know what you're getting into, right? Yep. Um, okay, so the, the problem is, tell is me more. Just, they're like a like a um, like a, a payday loan. They're just, they're quick, they're easy. And because they're so quick and easy, you don't have to give a whole lot of documentation. They're not going to look at your credit. They're not going to do anything like that. Um, it, oftentimes people get them when they shouldn't and they get them at amounts they shouldn't. And so, it just causes lots of problems. So what is a, give me a common scenario then when uh, a trucker is getting a merchant cash advance. So what, what oftentimes happens, like when you start up a new business, you get all kinds of solicitations. And a lot of times you'll get, you know, something in the mail that you open it up and it looks like a check and it says you're pre-approved for <laughs> right. $50,000. Yeah. And, and it almost looks like you could just sign that paper, take it to the bank and cash it. That's a pretty good sign. That's probably a, 
merchant cash advance. So okay. they're they're off. They're also called MCAs. They use the acronym quite a bit, merchant cash advances. Um, and the problem with them is is that people just don't really know what they're getting themselves into because the payment term repayment terms on these things can can be crazy. Most of the time, they the the company is going to do a daily draft from your checking account. Daily. Daily. Wow. Okay. Maybe weekly, but they never go more than weekly. But most of the time they're daily. So you may look at it and say, well, heck, I, it's only $100 a day. That's not that much. You know, I'm bringing in, you know, revenue of $1,000 a day. Well, the thing you don't think about, or a lot of guys don't think about, well, $100 a day, every business day ends up being more than $2,000 a month. And, and it just gets to be a lot of money. And another one of the problems with it is, is that when you miss one payment, oftentimes these guys, they're, they're like sharks. You miss one payment, they'll call the loan due. They charge you a ton of fees. And then what ends up happening is they start going after you know, like they can, they can look and they say, okay, you're hauling for broker XYZ. Well, they're going to go straight to broker XYZ, file paperwork with them and say, if this guy owes you any money, you have to send it straight to us. You can't send it to him. Wow. If you're in a, a factoring agreement with a factoring company, they're going to serve the same kind of paper to a factoring company. And so it kind of ties the factoring company's hands behind their back. They have to, if, if you submit an invoice to them, they can't pay you they've got to pay mm. the merchant cash advance guys because of the contract you've signed with them. And, and people just don't really understand those consequences. And, and, and we've just, so the whole reason this topic came up is because, um, one, one of the gals I work with at I thrive funding, um, Jessica, uh, mentioned this and recommended this as a topic because at I thrive funding, we just see this happen way too often and it causes all kinds of problems and, and it, and it creates an issue because now it, it puts our clients in a huge cash crunch because instead of us being able to pay them advances on loads that they complete today, they, they, their choices become not, not factor the load, which means, okay, now you're probably not going to get paid for it for 30 days. And if you're already missing hundred dollar a day payments, you probably can't afford to do that. And so it just, it creates a really, really messy situation. We usually try to work these out with, with the merchant cash advance companies to, to help get our clients out of these messes, but just don't get yourself into it in the first place okay. is usually the, the best thing to do. If you, if you are potentially considering one, just make sure you know what you're getting yourself into. And uh, you mentioned uh, how to spot it. I mean, you, you talked about the fake check in the mail, but does that mean you're talking about how to spot these things? Are they hidden? Are, are these companies trying to pass them off as a regular loan? Trying, a, a lot of times they're trying to pass them off on a regular loan, but I, I'll tell you what, the other way that you can almost spot this as a dead ringer is if is if they're willing to give you money that's not secured, meaning you're not putting your truck on the line, you're not putting a trailer on the line, there's no equipment backing up no collateral, collateral yeah. for this loan, and they're asking for daily or weekly drafts on your account, they're telling you that's how they're going to get their payment back, it's it's almost guaranteed to be one of these. And there's just a ton of bad companies out there that that offer these kind of financing options and more often than not, it seems like we're, it, it, it puts clients and it puts people into a worse situation than they were in before. Okay. All right. Well, uh, anything else on this subject other than please be careful? Just 
please be careful. It, it's just, it, it's really a sad situation because a lot of times a business is taking out one of these um, financing agreements because they're wanting to grow their business. They're wanting to add a vehicle. So it's something that they're doing they're trying the, right to do, thing. They're the right thing and they're excited about it. You know, this is something they think is going to improve their business. Well, one little misstep in this whole situation and all of a sudden this exciting thing that you're trying to do all of a sudden turns into a nightmare. And so just be careful about them. Okay. All right. Duly noted. Well, uh, Chris, thanks for coming in today and talking about some changes that are going on. It's, it's exciting to hear about. I'm looking forward to it, and I hope everybody is as well. Thank you, everyone, for listening. One more time, go to hollandassetsllc.com and or Facebook, uh, and let us know your thoughts and what you would like us to talk about, concentrate on as we move forward talking about the new partnership and everything else. Yeah. So uh, thanks again, everybody, for listening and for sharing this with uh, your with your friends and colleagues. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thanks for listening. And, and again, thanks, Jessica, for the idea. It's a, a great idea and, and a good way to take good care of our clients. All right. Have a good week, Chris. See you.